0: What's up, friends? I'm Tara P., and you're listening to Positive Perspectives. Well, guys, how's it going this week? I hope everyone had a fun and safe 4th of July weekend. For us, it was really nice. We were actually able to get out of town just a little bit, just about two hours away. There's a beautiful town that's called McCall, Idaho, and it just holds a really special place in our heart, especially for this time of year. So it was just really nice because, honestly, it was probably six months ago we had rented a cabin, and with everything that's going on, we still thought we could go up there and make the best of it. So we were able to bring all of our own food and bring up some delicious meals, and we were able to take the boat out and so it was just a lot of fun just kind of getting out of town a little bit and getting a breath of fresh air. So for this week I kind of just wanted to jump right into it because I'm really excited. First off this guest is a different type of guest than I feel like we've ever had before. Second off I just felt leaving like it was one of the most hopeful inspirational stories I've ever Probably ever heard in my life. So, just to give you guys a little bit of a background, this week we have our guest Sydney, and she's actually only 15 years old and had started her own nonprofit when she was just 13. Let that sink in for a second. Like, that's incredible in itself. When I was 13, I feel like all I was stressing about was how I was going to make my outfit stand out or look cooler. Like, just something that was personally affecting me, not thinking about. One, helping others, or two, starting a nonprofit. profit So I was already inspired when I just knew the bare bones of her story, but then once I got to talk to her, it was just mind-blowing that someone her age has the amount of emotional intelligence that she does and thank goodness she's doing some good with it because she just has so much to give and I'm so glad that she's doing what she's doing and I told her that she's already making such a huge difference right now I can't even imagine where she's going to be in two years, five years, ten years so I really hope she's someone that I'll be able to follow her story and keep up with her because she's just so inspiring. And she kind of talks about how when she was a young girl, she actually had a lot of medical issues that she was experiencing and just a lot of confusion around it because a lot of the doctors couldn't explain what was going on. They couldn't exactly figure it out, didn't know how to diagnose her. And it took some time before they realized that she actually had a genetic disorder and it's something that she was just kind of going to have to deal with her whole life. But once she figured that out, she just had such an appreciation for all the doctors and nurses who spent so much time and effort trying to help her and that she knew she wanted to kind of start volunteering. And again, just going back to referencing her emotional intelligence when she was only probably 10 years old, when someone at her age had gone through more in her life than anyone might ever have to go through and she was still thinking of others. It's just like how how is that possible? And how can we get more people to think like she does? And it really just reminded me of a podcast I was listening to this week and kind of a quote that they said. And the quote was, never let a crisis go to waste because it's an opportunity to do some really important things. And so I just felt like this quote was super relevant to kind of what we were able to talk about with Sydney. She was able to take a crisis situation that was going on in her life and kind of use it to fuel her and to motivate her to want to give back because she knew what it felt like to be on the other end. And that in itself is just so inspiring. So... I guess I don't want to waste any more time talking about it. I want you guys to be able to experience it yourself, to feel inspired by her like I did. And I really, really hope you guys enjoy this episode because I just had so much fun with it. So please sit back and enjoy with our guest, Sydney. All right, everyone. So today I have Sydney. And how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited that you're here today. Just to give everyone a little bit of a background about our guest so Sydney actually started her own nonprofit when she was 13 years old called Jumbled Dreams. And so she's been running this the past three years and has just done so many great things around her community and just giving back to people. So I'm just so inspired by her because she's doing all of this at such a young age. And so I thought it'd be so cool to bring her on and just hear her story. But let's just kind of start back to the beginning so we can get to know you a little bit. So um, just tell our guests a little bit about who you are and how you grew up.
1: So I grew up in a very, very small town in Kentucky. Um, It was only like 5,000 people. Um, And I grew up around a college campus. So I grew up with a bunch of college kids. Um, And it was my mom and my grandparents both worked there. My dad went to college there. And also my cousins went to college there. So everyone had gone there. Um, So it was kind of like a big family affair. Um, I grew up very sick though. And um, so I wasn't a normal kid at all, and I always was intrigued by um, the medical field, sort of, because I was always in and out of the hospital with things that no one knew what was going on with me. And it turns out I have two genetic disorders that they found at a very young age. And they also found I had a whole extra loop in my colon, which caused even more surgeries and more tests and more scans and more blood work. And so my whole childhood was wrapped around the medical field and being in and out of the hospital. But I also wanted to be a normal kid you know, going and playing on the playground or going and playing basketball because my cousins played basketball, so I wanted to. And, you know, my dad was a three-sport athlete, so I wanted to go, you know, play sports. That's what everyone had taught me to do. And so I did play sports when I was younger. I played basketball and softball, but then I eventually had to kind of quit them because of my genetic disorders. So that was very heartbreaking. So what do you do when you're a little kid and you can't be normal and you're sick and all you want to do is have friends and so you often feel very lonely and so I had to find other ways to kind of find myself and then in 2010 my parents got divorced Um, and that was a huge really hard hit on me because I didn't understand what was going on I was six years old how am I supposed to understand the extent of what happened Mm -hmm. as well Um, my dad did cheat on my mom. And so that was really, really hard for me to grasp once I started understanding everything that was happening. And so after that, it was just kind of me and my mom. You're an only child, correct? Correct. So I am an only child. And so it was just my mom and I, and no one else. Um, I did have to leave what friends I did have and go back to her hometown and really kind of start over. And when I did that, um, my mom kind of took me back to where she went to high school and elementary school. It was a K-12 school, all in one building, and it terrified me. Um, I was not okay with being pushed around by seniors in high school when I was a first grader. Like, Obviously, you would feel uncomfortable by that and scared uh-huh. by that. Um, So it did take a lot of adjusting and I ended up moving schools again that fall. And I really found my place and finally found my friends. But, you know, as a child, you know, all you want is to make friends and go have, go play on the playground, you know, and go have fun. And I never really was truly had that experience. I never really got to Always had that. Yeah, I had friends, but I was often in and out of doctor visits, or in and out of the hospital, or moving around because of you know my parents' situation, and you know my grandparents and my mom worked at college, so I was always hanging around college kids. So I guess you could say I didn't have a normal childhood. I was a very different kind of kid
0: when I was younger. Yeah. And that's like a lot of different types of experiences you were going through at such a young age. And I feel like a lot of it has kind of shaped you into be the strong, resilient young lady that you are today. But what were some of like your medical symptoms? Were they physically affecting you? Was it like a f- internal feeling?
1: Um, so the only internal feeling I really had, um, I was kind of anxious about everything because no one could understand what was going on. None of my friends knew when I would be sitting in class and 30 minutes later have a 105 degree fever and have to go home. Like no one understood that. So I always kind of felt You know, the loneliness. Um, I Mm -hmm. guess that's the only really mental kind of back that I had from that. Um, But physically, I would get um, really bad muscle aches. My mom would always say, they're growing pain, Sydney, they're growing pain, you're okay, this is normal, but it wasn't like it just kept happening. And I was always in pain. And then I would get lymph nodes, my lymph nodes would swell to the size of golf balls, on the side of my neck, and I couldn't swallow, and um, I could breathe okay, um, but I have asthma and allergies as well, so anytime I was having a flare-up of, the, of these genetic disorders, I could never go outside. I would have to sleep it off. There's no medicine to cure these, um, so you always have to just kind of fight through it and fight through the pain, and so it's really hard, and when I kind of explain that to people, they're always like, well, then is there anything really wrong with you, and I'm like, Yeah, yeah there is. Uh Um, Both of these are genetic mutations in my genes And so um, I just kind of got it, you know, not even, it's not my mom's fault or my dad's fault. It's just my genes mutated. And so that's what happened. And then I also have a whole extra loop in my colon. So obviously that has caused, you know, some stomach issues and also caused me to be lactose intolerant and allergic to some other things. And then I have hydrocephalus stage two, which is too much fluid on my brain. So I always get a lot of headaches um, and I still get those to this day. I get a lot of headaches often. And it's especially kind of worse during, you know, allergy season and stuff, because all of your sinuses are messing with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really kind of hard to balance it all. But as I've gotten older, also all of my genetic disorders and all of these problems have started to balance each other out. And I'm on medication and, you know, it's able to kind of handle each other.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is crazy. And like you said, I'm sure it just felt lonely because nobody understood what was going on and it affected every aspect of your life because it's just obviously that has to take the priority. But you said it did kind of interest you in the medical field and being being able to help and give back. So was that part of the inspiration when you moved?
1: Um, So the reason I actually started volunteering, one was because I was always inspired by the doctors and the nurses who were around me constantly. But another reason was because when we moved back to my mom's like small hometown, um, I saw that a lot of my friends didn't have what I had. They didn't have food every day. Um, They didn't have clothes. They would be wearing the same clothes constantly to school. And I'm like, I have this closet full of clothes. I'm wearing a different outfit every day of the month, never wearing the same thing. And they're over here wearing the same thing three to four times a week. So why is this happening? And I just couldn't grasp it. I couldn't understand why this was happening to them. And so I did have a conversation with my mom. I was like, Mom, why is this happening? Why are are these people... Why don't they have what we have? Why, why am I able to hang out with the college kids, you know, and go and eat wherever I want and have all the clothes I want, or have all the dolls I wanted, you know, at the time I was very into dolls, um, and they didn't have any of that. And so she gave me the really tough conversation of that people do You know, they, they live in the poor, they don't have what we have, they, you know, live under the poverty line, they don't have anything. And then I learned that I live next to the poorest county in the United States. And so, holy crap, you know, that's like a big load on a seven-year-old and a six-year-old. It's like, oh, I have to, I actually have to, you know, do this. And so that's kind of how I started, Kind of getting into the groove of helping people so I would sneak them extra lunches or I would sneak them clothes and I would always try and help them in any way I could. Um, and then my mom started an event called Shoes for the Soul. And so the purpose of this was to actually help all of the kids in the county I lived in get a new pair of shoes, a backpack full of school supplies, and also to play games with the college kids. Because some of those kids, that would be the only time they would step on a college campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for years, I wanted to help out with it. I was like, mom, come on, let me help, let me help. But she didn't want me to because they were all kids my age. Well, the very last year she did it. Um, she actually let me run it as a 10 year old. I ran oh the whole back room with, um, all the shoes and the backpack and the school supplies. And I got to boss around college students. That was so much fun. Um, and I actually got to help people and the kids didn't really see me, you know, cause I was in the back room, but I was making a big difference. And so I thought that was so cool. Well, then at the end of the event, a football player brings over this little girl and he asked if we have any more of her shoe size. And we didn't. And so we had to give her two sizes too big. And then she said, so we put on the shoes and everything. And she starts kicking her feet on the table. She's so excited for these new shoes. And then she looks to me and she goes, I want to be like you one day. And then 10 oh year old heart throbbed out of my chest like how does this how does this little girl want to be like me like how does that even happen and so that's where it sparks jumbled dreams and everything else that happened after that moment and it's just it's a crazy thing to even say but it's that little girl changed my life
0: yeah. Well, and it sounds like you've also changed her life, that she was able to look up to you. And I'm sure that she remembers you and feels inspired by you. So I hope she's out there giving back. But just the fact you were able to have that kind of awareness and emotional intelligence at that age is so amazing. Like so many people at that age, they're just not thinking about other people. They are just kind of focus on what's happening in their life and what's personally affecting them, not what isn't affecting them, so uh, it's just so cool that you were able to kind of help your mom and that lit your soul a little bit to start Jumble Dreams. So after that moment of that life-changing conversation with that little girl, um, what did it look like starting Jumble Dreams for you?
1: So right after that, we actually moved to Nashville. Um, we made the big decision to move to Nashville. Um, my mom wanted to give me more opportunities than what I was going to be getting in the small town. You know, Nashville, big city, music city, you know, so many opportunities here. Although I can't sing to save my life. (laughs) No, I wish, but I can't. Um, But just other opportunities for me more than I was going to be given in Kentucky. And I will always say Kentucky will forever be my home. But um, I'm very grateful that we moved here in 2016. And so I moved at the beginning of my seventh grade year. And so that's middle school, big transition again. All my big moments um, in school, I've always been transitioning. And I quickly saw that everybody where I lived now had everything they wanted and more. And they always were thinking about themselves and never thinking about others. And it really kind of struck me. I was like, I went from helping my friends Get a meal to everyone. All of my friends having everything they ever wanted and more, and so that was kind of a big realization for me too. It's like, oh, there are very wealthy people out here too. And then, mom and I one day went down to downtown Nashville just kind of for kind of see it because I had never been here before, and I saw that there were people living on the streets. And that they had their backpack and everything, and they had their homeless signs, you know, that you see them holding all the time. And I was like, Mom, do people really live on the streets? Do they not have a home like we have? And I was like, and then that's kind of where it kicked in. It was like, so there's these kids who don't know how to help other people, and then there's this group of people who need our help why don't we put that together and make jumbled dreams? And so the whole purpose of jumbled dreams is to inspire other teenagers and young adults and families to get involved in volunteer opportunities. It doesn't have to be to help the homeless. That's my personal passion, um, because I believe they are people just like us. But I think that other people can find their passion. If it's helping animals, animal rescues, if it's helping with cancer research, if it's helping with people across the world, getting them basic supplies, if it's helping with, you know, the homeless or, you know, anti-bullying. And so all of this kind of was starting to kick into gear at the end of my seventh grade year. Well, my eighth grade year, I was nominated for student council president. I'm at middle school and still being, The new girl, that was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) I was super excited, and I just knew that this was really what I was supposed to do. Well, then that January, so January 1st, actually on New Year's Day, I received a phone call from a no-caller ID, and of course you don't answer those, you know, you're never supposed to answer them, Um, and they left a voicemail. And so obviously I listened to the voicemail and they told me that I should die and that I wasn't good enough and that what I was doing was completely wrong and that I was terrible at student council and I was terrible at helping other people. And so my, you know, always helping others, you know, being up high and being so excited about it just plummeted to the bottom. My my self-esteem just plummeted. It was like, how could someone say something so mean? Um, And I went into my mom's room crying. I was like, how how could someone say this about me when I'm just trying to help people? And this has continued still to this day. And it's really, really hard because people can hide behind screens or people can hide behind other people. And you never know who really said it. And it's really, really hard to grasp and not get down on yourself. You really have to kind of be mindful that, what you're doing is right. And so that also, once after a couple of weeks later, you know, calmed down after that, that kind of fueled my fire even more. I was like, I'm not going to let these people show me up because of what they said over a phone call that they can't even say to my face. And so Jumbled Dreams kind of started even more. It was kind of like, oh, you know, in the back of my head, my mom and I had constantly been talking about it. And then that February, um, we're going to kind of get into a more exciting part of my life. Um, I won a community service award for the state of Tennessee. I was the middle school honoree and my principal had nominated me for that. And so I felt so honored. I was so excited. I was like, this is really cool. And I was like, my, you know, work is getting recognized for the first time ever. And I had never really experienced that. Well, then a couple days later my mom and i receive a phone call from an organization called the we movement it's an international organization inspiring others to do good and so they take stories like mine and they show them to millions of people and um kind of just to show that you can make a difference it doesn't matter what you're doing and so we were in the running to go on a trip to kenya and have an expense paid trip Um, and they were going to film us and we were going to do some work and help build a school and help with the charity there and we ended up losing it was just my mom and I against a family of five and obviously they won I mean they were super cool so (laughs) Um, but normally after that happens they kind of drop you and say oh thank you for sharing your story but we're going to kind of pass on you um we really think you're inspiring you know kind of the basic you know response back but they didn't to us and still to this day my mom and i can never figure out why this is still happening to us um but they decided to come to nashville and film us packing toiletry bags and so we were like okay you know this is cool so they came down to nashville from canada their um headquarters is in canada And they did, I got my hair and makeup done for the very first time and girl over here. You know, you see like the celebrities getting theirs done, but you've never, you know, really experienced that before. So I was super pumped. And then we each did interviews, my mom and I did. And then we went and packed toiletry bags for hours on end. And I was very tired by the end of the day. I was like, is this all we're going to do? Like, I kind of want something more exciting to happen. Mm -hmm. And we had been there since very early that morning. Well, then country music star, Dux Bentley walks in on his guitar playing his new song, woman, amen. And it's like, did he just mistakenly walk in here? Like, is that (laughs) what is happening? And, you know, he plays his song and then he stops. And when we see the video, um, when you guys see the video, you'll see that my voice went up a whole octave, still can't get that high to this day, it was only like a one time thing. Um, And my mom like pulled me back and she was like, Oh my gosh, that's Dirk Bentley. And it was funny because it was like she was running away from him. And um, he stopped playing, you know, and then he asked us to be in his music video. And then um, he asked us to go to L.A. with him and have our story shared in front of 16,000 kids um, at that moment. And then um, in August to be on national television. So and this is
0: all a surprise, right?
1: Right. We had no clue about any of this. You just
0: thought you were getting filmed packing some some bags.
1: Yeah. And then all of this happens and we're like, holy crap. So then my mom, like, starts crying and she's like, you know, there's so many more people more deserving, which is very, very true. We still stand by that to this day. There's so many more inspiring stories out there than ours. But it was super cool experience. And so we filmed the music video. They followed us around for two or three days. I couldn't tell anyone. Um, And they came to my school and actually filmed me, like, in the hallways and everything like that. And I couldn't tell anyone. So I just had this random camera crew follow me around. and no one knew why, and it was really kind of weird, and so then we went to LA and everything, and all of, we got to see our story shared in front of 16,000 kids. I was in an elevator with Selena Gomez. Still, oh I was gosh. like, holy crap, and when she walked in, we were like, I went to my mom. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Selena Gomez. Biggest fangirl there is, <laughs> and I actually got to talk to her and we had a whole conversation on this elevator ride. Was she nice? Oh, she is like one of the sweetest people.
0: That's what I envision.
1: Yeah. And so many people like say like bad things about, you know, celebrities and stuff, but everyone that I met there, we met Will Ferrell. We met Henry Winkler. We met um, like a bunch of like the young actors as well that are in like the communities and stuff. Uh Um, All of these people, they're amazing and they're so sweet and I was like all of these stereotypes that people say about them aren't true and all of these people they just want to make a difference too that's why they're here that's why they're here to help us as well and so all of this is so cool and I got to meet kids I was sitting right beside kids who earned their way there we day if you get to go to a we day you have to earn your way there you can't buy a ticket to go so you have to earn your way by volunteering. And so that's even cooler. I'm around all these people who are just like me and want to make a difference and have made a difference. And that's why they're there. And the whole experience just, you know, inspired me even more. And that's, and Jumble Dreams at this time was in the process, you know, through paperwork, it takes about a year to get all your paperwork settled in. And so we were in the process, but then I was like, mom, what we're doing is right. Like this is why Jumble Rooms exists to help inspire even more kids beyond the 16,000 I was around at that arena that day.
0: Yeah. Like the timing of that was so perfect to just <laughs> remind you that what you are doing is right and that you're on the right path, regardless of what people say. And just it shows you that regardless of what you do, there's always going to be some people that for whatever reason are trying to take you down. But if you can use that to motivate you and keep you going, it can almost just add a little extra fuel to your fire.
1: Oh, exactly. And I love to say that, like, add fuel to my fire because, you know, there is this fire brewing in my heart and it's always, it keeps brewing to this day. It's like, yeah, even though Jumble Dreams is created, it's always wanting more, it's always hungry for more. And, you know, these people who keep saying stuff about me at my school. And or in our community or, you know, in the world, you know, social media, anyone can see you nowadays, you know, it's really hard at the same time, because I'm a super emotional person. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I'm not afraid to cry in front of someone, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, funny to say. But it's really true. Like, I would rather be upfront with you and share my feelings with you than to hide them up. And some things I do like to hide up um, about my personal life, you know, my family life, like, that's really hard for me to talk about. But, you know, some things, the bullying and stuff, if I don't talk about it, then how are other people going to feel better? And so all of this stuff, you know, I'm sharing my story, but also I'm hoping that other people are listening and saying that it's not okay to be a bully. It's not okay because someone has a medical condition to say bad things about them or not be their friend. It's not okay, you know, just to say mean things about a person. And so all of this stuff, yeah, Jumble Dreams is to inspire others to make a difference, but it's also to stand for the people who are silent and who are afraid to stand up for themselves. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm sharing my story. That is such an
0: important message, and I know people are out there listening and feeling inspired, and you're helping people feel not so alone. That's just something I really realized through doing these episodes with guests is, the more we can kind of talk about things and open up, the more we can relate to other people and kind of understand people's perspective and where they're coming from. So again, the fact you've learned all this at such a young age, you're truly, you're already making a difference, but you're just gonna continue to make a difference because you figured out so much more than people have at that age. So once you got back from this uh, WE Day conference, which again, just sounds so cool. And like you said, so inspiring. Um, you were getting all the paperwork done for Jumbled Dreams, but what was kind of the next step to get it up and running?
1: So actually, we since we were in George Bentley's music video, um, that really kind of kick-started us. Um, so we kind of already had this platform um, that you would never expect to have, you know, as a 13-year-old starting a nonprofit. Um, so all of his fans were pitching into us. They were sending us stuff from all over the country from L.A. to North Carolina to, you know, up north and south and east and west, like all of these places, um, they were sending us things um, through our Amazon list. Um, and we have that available. So people, no matter where you are, can send us stuff and it um, just sends it straight to our home address. And so I would be coming home with 10 to 11 boxes on my porch and no idea who these people are, Um And I've actually got to meet some of the ladies who have helped us, you know, now, but um, at the time, I had no clue who these people are, and who they were at all. And um, it was just kind of really humbling. You know, I'm sitting here, you know, just getting ready to start all of this, our paperwork finally got approved, we started having a social media presence, we started getting more involved in our community and working with other nonprofits in our community. And then I have these people who are believing in me and sending me all of this stuff and like toothbrushes in like hundreds or toothpaste in one hundreds and shampoo and conditioner boxes of 150 of them at a time. And it was crazy because none of this stuff is cheap and I know it and yeah, it's toiletry size. So it's not as expensive, but still people are using their own personal money for me. And then some people have decided to start donating monthly to us. And it's like, these people want to help me monthly? And it's like, why? Why? You know, and I've just realized, you know, a lot of people don't have this platform when they first start. And I did, and I will never take that for granted because all of these people really helped me share my story, share my passion, share my love for helping others. And now some of these people are becoming ambassadors for us and helping us, you know, across the country, in the world, and they're sharing our story. And we've had people reach out even more and they're like, I wanna help you guys because of this person. And I'm just like, like, I'm just on the floor. I'm like, how is this happening? And, you know, since Jumble Dreams has started two years ago, we've raised 90,000 pounds of food, 30,000 pounds of, or 30,000 toiletry items, um, 10,000 articles of clothing, and over $10,000. When I say those numbers, I'm just like, mind off the floor. It's It's
0: incredible.
1: Yeah, and none of it's because of me. Um, It's all because of these people who, most of them I still don't know, Um, and my friends and my community who have rallied behind me and, and they're seeing that there's a need. I'm just showing them that there's a need. And then after that, they're doing the rest. My mom and I are just here to show you and then they're doing the rest. And it's just incredible. And ever since then, you know, all of these numbers, they just keep piling up and I'm just like, I'm just humbled. Really? I'm just humbled. I don't really I, I don't know what to say.
0: Well, I can just hear that you're humble, but it's people are giving because they're inspired by you, Sydney. So even though you might not be the one that's personally paying for all of these items and all of those amazing things that you ha- guys have gathered, but they're doing it because they believe in you and they know that what you're doing is just right. And it's the right thing to do. So when you are gathering these items, are you giving them back to local communities in Nashville? Or are they going other places?
1: So right now we are focusing on Nashville because, um, the past couple of years, a lot of things has been happening to Nashville Nashville has grown tremendous, tremendously since I've been here in 2016. And there's more and more homeless people on the streets. Um, kind of the housing, um, kind of revenue here, it's kind of gone up and, you know, housing is very expensive here. And so it's really, really hard for people to stay alive and just to kind of go off of a minimum wage, you know, hourly thing. And so we do focus on the Nashville community right now, but we're hoping to kind of start branching out um, now that we've kind of got our feet in the water and we're feeling more comfortable. um, That's why we're finding these ambassadors, you know, to kind of help grow us and you know, kind of reach more communities. Um, we've sent stuff to Kentucky before because we know people there, obviously. Um, and we also have worked with local organizations here. But we also go on the streets ourselves and hand them out. Um, we're not afraid. Um, we're friends with a lot of the homeless Um which I hope one day they find home so I don't really have to be friends with them anymore because I want them you know, to be safe and I want them to not have to worry about the heat or the cold or the dangers of living on the street. And um, so we work with multiple organizations to get them the stuff or we go out there ourselves. Um, but due to COVID-19, we haven't been able to go out. My mom and I both have underlying health conditions, obviously, um, and so it's just not safe for us right now. And so we've had to find other ways. So we're really relying on our partner organizations to hand all of these out and to get them to them. And so we're willing to drive however far it takes so we can get these to people. And, you know, that's really humbling too. It's like these people want to take our donations. You know, we can collect all these donations, but now where do we take them? And so I've been really humbled by other people who – have been willing to take our donations for us and to help us during this time as well. So it's really, really a cool experience.
0: Yeah, it's like the whole community is coming together to help each other out. That's awesome. And you briefly talked about it a little bit, but you said that you guys also have an ambassador program. So let's talk about that a little bit. If people were interested, what does that look like?
1: Um, So our ambassador program, um, it's actually very simple, and we've kind of made this really, really easy for people. Um, If you can't meet all the requirements, we've talked about how we can work with you, and that's our whole purpose. We want you to be a part of our family. you know, my board of directors, it's not only my family, but it's also some really close friends and some other people in our community, but we're all such a big family. And that's what's so important to me. I love my family to death. I love all my friends, you know, who are also my family. I love all of our community who is also our family. So we just want you to be a part of our family, no matter how much you can do or how much you can't do. Um, So we ask people to, Write blogs for us just about personal experience of yours or about, you know, things you've seen in your community or people you're inspired by or people who have helped you in your life. Um, or, you know, we want you to find doing good in the news articles. And we have that section on our website to feature people who have done really good things in our um, community or a world during this crazy time during COVID or just during, you know, any time period. Um, and then we also want people to just volunteer in their community. We ask two to three times a year, not that, you know, extreme or anything. Um, And so that's just a couple hours that you can spend just helping your community at a food bank, animal shelter, at a hospital. Um, I've been a candy striper volunteer at the hospital before, and that's a lot of fun. And so just different things that you can do. Then if you want to be a full-on ambassador, we really ask you to host two to three events at of the like for a year and what that could be it could be a drive a simple donation like drive in your neighborhood so you can collect items and take it to a shelter you could send it to us if you want to you can you know help you know run a table out of 5k you know they have different tables that you can run and that's what we kind of consider different things and so it doesn't have to be this full-on event you know like things we throw um but it can be just something simple like that um and that's pretty much all that we ask um And that you obviously you share our story, Um, you know, we want you to share our story and to kind of get our word out there, just so we can inspire more people. It's not about publicity to us, we could care less, you know, how many followers we have or how many, you know, email clicks or website clicks. We get like, we don't care about that. What we care about is the people that we do have a part of our family, that they're really getting something out of it and that they're learning. And some of my friends, people who had never volunteered before have come with me. Like I've been like, come on guys, it'll be fun. I promise, you know, kind of drunk, drug them along with me. And now there's some people that you know, every time we leave, like they're crying with me. And they're always, you know, coming down any chance that they can get. Um, Some of the people that play sports, I'm friends with a lot of people that play sports. If they can't come to an event because of their sport, they're going to be donating stuff. So that's always so cool to see all of my friends also rallying behind me and coming together.
0: Yeah. And I just love all of your ideas that you just talked about that people can do because it just shows that regardless of your situation whether it's like financially or time wise or whatever you're able to give there's something a little bit more that you could give back and add to your community and like i said it doesn't have to be a certain money amount it doesn't have to be you have to volunteer every weekend like if you if everyone just does a little bit more in their community it will just build up and make such a big difference and that's what i love about your mission is yes you do a huge part that helps out your own community but another huge part is inspiring others to Encourage them to want to give back and help out their community and just expand that message.
1: Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite quotes, um, well, two of my favorite quotes, one of them is dream a little dream. And the reason I say that and people are like, well, you're supposed to dream big. And I'm like, yeah, those can be your long term goals or your long term dreams. But if you dream that little dream right now, if you dream of helping one person, you know how many more people you can help just by that one person, or if you dream of helping packing five toiletry bags a month, well, that's five people you're helping. And that's 60 people you're helping a year. You're changing their life right there. If you plan on writing five letters a month, you know, to mental health facilities or to healthcare workers, you can write all of those digitally. Um, There's multiple organizations you can do that with. That's, you know, five to 60 people a year you're helping. And so that's crazy to think about. Those little dreams, those little things of helping other people, they change people's lives. If we put positive notes in our toiletry bags, which we also call them dream bags, if we put positive notes in there, people will come crying and come and hug us after they receive their bag because they just mean so much to them. Those little positive notes, those little make people want to keep going through their hard times, through their crazy, you know, life paths or their choices, And then another one of my quotes, my favorite quote, is by Winston Churchill. And it is, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have to have, you know, money to survive, obviously, um, in this world. But you make more in your heart by giving. And it doesn't matter what you give. If you just give a handwritten note, that means so much. If you open the door for someone. I love when people open the door for me. I think that's so cool that someone would take – just a few extra seconds and open the door for me. Or I work at Chick-fil-A If people just say, thank you for being here today. Like that just means the world to me, you know? And so just little things like that, you're giving back to your community in a way that you don't even know. And so I always live by that quote. And I always tell people those two things. I'm like, dream a little dream and we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give.
0: Oh, I have chills. That's that's a really, <laughs> really good one. But yeah, it kind of just goes back to the beginning of your story when that one little girl, like she said something that forever changed your life that you don't know when you're giving back. Like it might just be an hour of your day or whatever, and then you can go on, but you could fully be changing somebody's life in that very moment and not even realize it. So hopefully mm-hmm. that just inspires people to just want to just, like you said, dream a little dream and just give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sydney, for, like I said, just sharing about your story. I am just so inspired by you and that you're doing this at your age. And it's so cool. Thank you. So moving on um, to the countdown question game, the four, three, two, one, get to know you a little bit more. Um, So if
1: you had to pick summer or winter. Oh, winter. Air conditioning person, cold person all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, summer. I mean, I like that I'm out of school during the summer, but ugh, air conditioning, no sweating.
0: <laughs> How cold does it get in Nashville in the winter?
1: Um, not that cold. It's like That's... 40s, 30s, not that bad most days. Yeah. Um, during the summer, it is so hot because it's also humid here, really humid here. So it's like right now I'm like melting.
0: Is it that kind of humidity you go outside and your glasses just
1: fog up? Yeah, or your hair just goes yeah. like, straight out. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah.
0: Been in that before. Um, do you prefer to dress up or dress down more?
1: Dress down. PJ sweatpants, my go-to.
0: Same. Uh, do you like books or movies?
1: Movies. I don't like reading.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just watch movies. Nice. And then pizza or tacos?
1: Oh, pizza, all the way.
0: Yeah, I feel that too. What's your favorite type of pizza? Mm,
1: just cheese, but you have to have okay. extra cheese and light on the sauce.
0: I'm light on the sauce too. I'm not the biggest tomato fan, so yeah. I think that's key. Um, moving on to the thoughtful three, uh, what's something in your life that you're the most grateful for?
1: Oh, my mom, 100%. I think She is someone who has stuck by me through some really hard times. And since I'm an only child, she's my best friend. She's my sister. She's my, you know, she's my world. Um, And so I really feel she is something that I'm definitely grateful for.
0: Oh, that's so special that you guys have had each other and been able to have that relationship. Um, If you could meet one person dead or alive, who would it be?
1: Okay, so dead Abraham Lincoln thought he was so cool you know he's really tall but also he did so much for the community as well and um alive dustin lynch huge country music girl he's my you know like celebrity crush
0: (laughs) nice well maybe you will in nashville one day just bump into him or something you never know (laughs) um and then finally if you could be famous or remembered for anything what would you want it to be for
1: Probably helping others. I think that would be what I would want to be known for that. I was known for making a difference in my community or inspiring others. Yeah, I definitely think
0: that's gonna be your legacy. Um, top two, who are the top two either most positive people, influences or inspirations in your life?
1: Um, so definitely my mom, like I said, she is someone who I can you know, count on for anything. Um, same thing with my grandmother. Um, we do butt heads because we're both very strong-willed people. But she is someone who has helped me through you know, the process of everything and really helped me through some really hard times. And same thing with my grandfather. I'm just kind of grouping family into one. Yep, yep. Um, he is someone who has just always been there and always been my rock and always been a man that I look up to. You know, sometimes your father's supposed to be that, but my father, you know, is not totally that for me. So my grandfather is for me, and he just inspires me to even become a better person. And then my other person is actually one of my teachers um, that I met in high school. Um, her name is Miss Dykes. And the past two years with her, she has just been so loving to me and been my second mom and helps me, you know, in school and anytime that I've needed help, she's always been there and she's my student council advisor. And so she's always been the person that I also look up to. And she's just helped me in every single way I could ever imagine. And my great-grandmother on my dad's side actually died this past September. And um, I was told at school, my dad had messaged me and told me while I was at school. And I went to her room and she just hugged me and, you know, was really there for me. And so I really look up to her and I will make sure that she listens to this so she does that
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've had some really good role models in your life. And that definitely helps, especially when you're a young girl with all these dreams, having people like that to look up to can really help shape you into the person you are. So that's awesome. Thank you. And then final question, what is one positive act that you can challenge yourself and others to do this week?
1: Um, so we're actually doing this for Jumbled Dreams this week. We're super excited about it. Um, we're doing a kindness challenge. And what we're doing is just showing people simple acts of kindness in any way possible, like holding the door um, or just sending someone a message saying that, Um, I was just thinking about you. I hope you have a great week. Something so simple since not all of us can go out right now. Um, something like that. And so I challenge everyone to be kind and just to show others love and appreciation for them because you never know the battles someone is fighting on their own.
0: Yes, I will definitely do something like that this week because it'll just help make someone's day. And like you said, it almost helps make your day a little bit too, just knowing that you're making someone else's day. Oh yeah. So, well, Sydney, like I said, thank you so much. This has been so fun and so inspiring. And if people wanted to help out, give back, um, get involved with Jumbled Dreams at all, where's the best place they could find you?
1: So you can find us on our social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then you can also reach out to me personally, sydney at jumbledreams.org, and I will answer you. I promise I'm excited to have everyone reach out to me.
0: Yes. I encourage everyone to reach out or get involved in some sort of way and just make a little bit of a difference in your community this week. So thank you, Sydney, for inspiring that message and just sharing it with other people.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. You guys, I told you I was not lying. That was such an awesome episode. Like I said, I just am so inspired that there is some hope in the world for people that want to do good and that want to give back and The fact that she already has this much drive at her age to do so much good and not only do so much good personally in her own community, but she just wants to inspire others to do good. So I really hope you guys take on her challenge this week and just do a little act of good. And if you do, it would be so cool if we could actually tag her in jumbled dreams because I think they're going to be posting some, uh, reposting some acts of good that people are doing this week. So please guys go ahead and do that and support her in her journey and just let's keep it going. Spread the good, spread the love. So Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And just remember, guys, to keep spreading positivity because I truly think it's contagious. Love you guys. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you enjoyed, what topics you'd like to hear, and it would really mean a lot to me. Episodes will be released every Wednesday, and you guys can also find me on Instagram at Positive Perspectives Podcast. Thanks, guys, and tune in next week for
1: another dose of positivity.